Hello and welcome to Healthy Morning Revolution Radio. I'm your host, Maria Klyovkov. I'm president and CEO of Healthy Morning Revolution and Healthy Morning Publications. I am an author, keynote speaker, workshop and webinar facilitator, and grief coach. I'm here to work with you on your grief journey. Together, we work through the stuck places with ease and grace so that you can reclaim your memories, celebrate your love, and recommit to your life. So let's get started. Episode number 16, Bereavement, Grief, and Loss, Particularly in the Holidays. Hello and welcome. This week we are talking about bereavement, grief, and loss because today I'm recording this on Tuesday, November 17th, which in Canada is National Bereavement Day. So I just want to take a minute to speak about that because what an extraordinary thing that the Canadian Hospice Palliative Care Association determined the importance of dedicating a national day to the conversation of bereavement. The definition of bereavement is to be torn apart, and that's how we feel when we've lost a loved one. We feel torn apart from the inside out. Our world has blown up on us, and now we need to figure out a way to move through the grief journey. And how lovely that in Canada we have this day, and hospices across the land do all kinds of promotional programming to ensure that people who are grieving have access to resources that they need, that they have a way of having the conversation. The biggest concern around grief is that we're isolated in our grief, that we keep to ourselves. If we have family members who aren't willing to have conversations about our loved ones, it can be a very, very lonely place. And that's what promotes buried and carried grief is when we are surrounded by people who don't really want to talk about it, who can't really have those conversations. So finding someone who you can have that conversation with is is critical. It's crucial. So that's why I'm so happy to do this podcast and to get suggestions from all of you about what you would like me to talk about, because I think these topics are very, very important indeed. For today, I want to go further in something that I already started talking about. So if you follow me on my YouTube channel, the Healthy Morning channel, then you'll know that I've already put up two videos. Um, Both videos are part one and part two of the bereavement, grief, and loss conversation. And so in the first video, I define uh, grief and loss and mourning and, um, and I talk about why it's so important to do the work of grief and why it's so important to have support in that work. In the second video, I talk more about grief and mourning in the holiday season because we're looking at the holiday season. As I said, I'm recording this on November, November 17th. We're just over a week away from U.S. Thanksgiving. And it's so crucial as we head into that Thanksgiving and Christmas and Kwanzaa and Hanukkah, all of these celebrations of light and of love, that we find a way to work with our grief too during this. Because honestly, the holiday seasons, it's it's such a challenging time, isn't it? It's hard for us to know how to 
navigate that when we're in the middle of our loss, particularly if our loss is fresh. And if we are dealing with a very fresh loss and we just know that we're going to be overwhelmed by the holidays and this year we'd just rather let them go by without us, then I'm going to encourage you to, by all means, make that choice. Give yourself the permission to take a year off the holidays if that feels true for you. If, however, you're struggling with the idea of the holidays because you're struggling with how is the family going to react? How are we going to be able to talk about this when half of the family wants to talk about it and half of the family doesn't? And um, Or I'm the odd one out and I'm the only one who wants to talk about this person. I'm not willing to pretend that this person never existed. If you're in that situation, that's a hard, hard place to be in. And so we need to be very mindful of how we walk that journey. I was sharing in the second video that when my grandmother died, I was 13 years old. My grandmother was my best friend and Christmas was her favorite holiday of all. She had some very specific particular things that, uh, that to me still ring true. Of course, the holiday decorations, the Christmas tree decorations, and in fact, her favorite decoration is one of my most prized possessions. It's just a really small um, bell that says Merry Christmas on it. It's always the first decoration I put up on my tree, and it's the last one I take off. And it lives in my nightstand um, during the course of the year. Because if anything were ever to happen, like if there was to be a fire, God forbid, and I would need to take stuff quickly, that's one thing that I know I would want to take. That's how what a precious memory it is. So that's like a linking object for me. That's something that every time I look at it, I immediately think of my grandmother and I just have these very warm, wonderful memories of her. So with that, I, in my first holiday after she died, she died in October and my first Christmas after she died, she and I always decorated the Christmas tree. It was our job. My father's job was to put up the tree and to put the lights on it. And once he said we were good to go, then it was hers and my job to decorate the tree. And she had a very particular way of doing it. My mother hated decorating the Christmas tree with my grandmother because um, my, my mother would say she would, she would keep telling her, no, you have to move it over this way or you have to move it over that way. Um, and so for my mother, she never wanted to be a part of it. I loved it. And that was a very special time for us. So you can imagine how devastating it is in the first year where you don't get to do that. It's really important in those times that we find ways to let that sadness out. I remember sitting looking at the tree completely paralyzed with all of the decorations in front of me feeling totally, first of all, overwhelmed by the task, but more importantly, just feeling like I didn't care. I, I didn't. I wanted to do a good job for her, but I was so overwhelmed by the task that I was paralyzed into just not even caring about it. Those are some hefty, hefty emotions um, for for a thirteen year old to carry, right? My mother was wonderful about letting me cry when I needed to cry. My godmother, however, when she was visiting us, she would tell me. She'd pull me off to the side and she would tell me. Um, that I need to stop crying because my mother, it's my crying is just making my mother upset. Well, of course, my crying is making my mother upset. My mother just lost her mother, right? 
we think that that's a bad thing that we make other people upset instead of understanding that what we're doing is we're actually putting them in touch with their own grief. And so for me, it it became um, a real push-pull because I just inside of me, I knew I needed to cry until I was okay with not crying anymore, until I had reached that point. And my mother seemed to understand that it was important for me to do this, but other members of the family did not. And that's what the holidays do. It tends to be a clash of families on the best of years. But when it's a grief year for the family or several years of grief for the family, it can be incredibly challenging. So knowing the tools and techniques that you need in order to bridge that gap, in order to find ways to have the conversations that you need to have to honor the memory of the person you loved, that's the invitation of the holidays. So if instead of dreading the holidays, we can begin to embrace the holidays as a time when we can convert our grief to mourning um, very rapidly, and that there are ways to do this that can happen with ease and grace. We can invite members of the family. Now at 13, I didn't feel like I could invite my godmother into a conversation around this, and I wouldn't have even known what the conversation was. My hope is that as we begin to get healthy with this, as we begin to learn what healthy mourning looks like and we revolutionize the way we think about our grief and mourning, we teach the next generation so that if we are the person who would go to the 13-year-old and ask them to stop crying, that, that we learn how to talk to that 13-year-old so that we can be with them in their tears. Because what I would have loved on that day from my godmother was a recognition that my grandmother died, and this is a really hard time. And if you need me to be here and just listen to you, I'm here for you. And if you need to talk through this, talk to me about this ornament. If that had happened, if somebody had sat with me with the box of ornaments and said, tell me about this ornament, because I had so many stories that were running through my head. And to this day, when I decorate my tree and I look at a blue ornament, I think, oh, grandmother would have loved this because she loved all of the shiny silver and blue ornaments. But whenever there's a red ornament, my mother, my grandmother really didn't like the, the color red. And in fact, just this past week, I ordered the grave covering that my mother always ordered for my grandmother's grave. And um, to this day, I am very mindful. It has to be something that is red free. So these things carry forward, and it's part of how we honor, and it's part of how we respect. When we're feeling torn apart, the healing journey is through the grief journey. It's through allowing that grief process to inform and move us forward and take us to where we need to go. It's a healing journey. And when we can befriend that grief journey, befriend that healing possibility, that's magic. And that's when we convert our grief to mourning. And it doesn't have to be tears. It can be happy stories about the ornaments, right? When we gently coax forward the stories and invite the remembrance and people discover that it's not such a hard thing to do, that's when we will truly be a compassionate society that welcomes grief. 
I wish you ease and grace on your grief journey. I hope that this was helpful to you. If it was, then I'm going to ask you to please share it. Let people know about Healthy Morning Revolution Radio. We don't want to be the best kept secret. We want lots of people to be listening to these podcasts every single week. Um, If you haven't subscribed already, then I invite you to subscribe so that you are the first to hear these every time we put one up and we put one up once a week. Much love to you this week, and in particular on this day, National Bereavement Day. May the places where you're feeling torn apart feel a gentle softening, and may your journey through grief be one of ease and grace. Much love. Namaste. One last thing before you go. I'm so glad you joined us here today. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, I invite you to go to the Healthy Morning YouTube channel where I recorded a video that talks about this topic, but in a slightly different way. So you may pick up a few other pointers. The link is in the description. You can also check out healthymorning.com for links to our free Healthy Morning Revolution Facebook group and the registration page for our free Healthy Morning Live Launch Workshop. And also the Amazon link to my book, Healthy Morning, Happy Loving, 52 Ways to Convert Your Grief to Morning with Ease and Grace. Again, that's all at healthymorning.com. I'm committed to helping you convert your grief to mourning with ease and grace. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next one. Drop me a note and let me know what was helpful to you here and what other topics you'd like me to talk about. Until next week, wishing you ease and grace in your grief journey. Much love to you. Namaste.